Welcome to the Tiger for Life podcast, where we'll hear stories from Washingtonians from their favorite food at Waltz or the CAF to their favorite Tiger Tunes shows and professors. We'll also find out what they've been up to outside the famed Washita bubble. I'm your host, John Merriman, Washita's Director of Alumni Relations. Today on the Tiger for Life podcast is Washita graduate Paige Kate Shepard from the class of 2009. After 10 years serving on staff at Geyer Springs Baptist Church, Paige started her own business, Shepherd Organizing Solutions. Paige helps clients with home and office organization, event planning, and productivity consulting. On today's episode, Paige shares tips for spring cleaning and decluttering, when it's time or past time to call a pro, and her favorite Washtaw memories like laughing at Amy Sondheim's jokes in class, directing Tiger Tunes through the Washtaw Student Foundation, and her first and last visit to Dean Henley's office after an unexpected party planning fail. All right, Paige Shepard, welcome to the Tiger for Life podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. Yes, thanks for taking time to visit. I know things are picking up, I'm sure, in your business too and getting busy. So yeah, thanks for taking some time to visit today. So how are things going? I know you started your organizing business, Shepard Organizing Solutions, about what, a year and a half ago, right? Yes, it's just uh, just about a year and a half ago. I celebrated my one-year anniversary in November. Fun. Um, what led to your decision to start your own business? I know that you'd been working in uh, ministry settings and that sort of thing. What led to uh, the jump to start your own business? Yeah, it was a really tough decision because I did love serving on staff at Geyer Springs. I served there for 10 years in a few different capacities, and I really loved that. Um, but I just kind of felt it was time for a change, a little bit of a prompting to do something different. And so I've always loved organizing things and as I had more opportunities, as I got older, I realized I loved planning and executing events too. And so I just decided to take a leap and see what happened. And here we are. (laughs) Yeah. How's it been? Have you found like business has been steady or is it, you know, kind of a slow growth thing? What's it been like kind of getting that started? Well, it started out pretty quick. I, I was expecting it to be a much more slower growth, but it started out quickly. Um, and then, as you know, <laughs> everyone was faced with COVID and that's, that slowed things down a little bit. But I've been really, really surprised by the growth I've seen in just a year and a half. So it's very encouraging. How long has this field kind of been a thing? I mean, I, I probably worked with my first organizing guru maybe I don't know, five to seven years ago, maybe even 10 years ago. And uh, how long do you think that people have been, you know, hiring outside help to kind of get organized? Is that something that's been around quite a while or? Yeah, I, I did some pretty extensive research before I, you know, went out and decided to start my own business. But I I noticed that in other parts of the United States, it was much more prominent. There were several um, organizing professionals and who specialize in different spaces and different aspects. And so I would say probably in our area, it hasn't been as prominent of a field um, until probably the last five years or so. And even even more so here in central Arkansas, I think it's taken off, I, I would say in the last three or four years. So yeah, the, the one that I had to get help with in Nashville was just trying to find my desk. I was like, I cannot find anything or find even the the wood surface of my desk. And so helped me get into like folders and organizing things. But yeah, I think it's a, a great thing to get some help with. Um, what have been some projects that you've really loved, a project or two that you've enjoyed the most? Man, that is really hard because every project is different. 
Um, but I think I would say a project I'm currently working on, it's involved multiple um, appointments, uh, but it's for a family who has recently experienced a lot of loss uh, over the last several years. And so their garage turned into a storage space for family heirlooms and memorabilia and stuff like that. And it's hard because nearly every time we open a box, it brings back emotions and, and pain for the client. So it's hard, but it's really rewarding to help them go through that physical clutter um, because I know it's making a difference in their heart too. And, and I'm able to help support them and encourage them as they process, you know, it's, that's not something you rush through. Um, it's a big deal. So I've really enjoyed that recently, but then on a less serious note, I really, I think I've come to love pantry organization. I, I don't think I set out to make it my specialty, but I think it's becoming my specialty. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you have such great, you know, photos of those. And I think it's, it's easy to see that the transformation quickly, you know, I mean, it, it can really be a mess. And then to see it all organized, I think everyone then wants that immediately, you know, like yes. so pretty to organize. Yeah. And it, you know, obviously you can see what you have, but to me, it's more about just, I mean, I love to make it pretty, you know, and Pinteresty, but I also, I aim for functionality. That's the goal. We want to make it more functional for whoever's using that space. Definitely. Uh, it seems like in some of your projects, you may even get to use some of your, you know, heart for ministry that you've had, you know, all these years working in churches to work with that family to sort through things. Have there been other, you know, times where you've been able to, you know, meet the needs of somebody or, or show God's love in that way? Definitely. And, you know, I, I believe that God can use you in whatever your profession is. And I have, I love people uh, and I love organizing. So I'm thankful that God has given me opportunities to meet new people. Some people who, yeah, they needed their linen closet decluttered, but sometimes they just needed someone to encourage them that day. Um, And so I I see every opportunity as a gift. I really do, because it's been fun to meet new people and just get to know them where they are and encourage them where they are. I love that. I know you had a few months under your belt before COVID hit, you know, you, you got things rolling and it was super busy. How did COVID change, you COVID change what you were uh, doing for your clients and change your, your organization there? Yeah, I kind of feel like I had just started gaining some momentum and, and even some like business recognition in the community. I, I was just starting to pick up on that when COVID hit. And so Obviously, events were canceled. No one wanted anybody coming in their home. And I didn't want to go in anyone's home, you know, when everything was so unknown. So I had to get creative. And I had already considered adding a virtual organizing service eventually at some point down the road. I wasn't planning on launching it as soon as I did, but I'm I'm really glad that I did. Everybody was stuck at home. So I thought, hey, it's a good time to go ahead and launch this and see what happens. And it really took off. So I think it's a service that I'm going to keep around forever because it seems to be, it seems to be great. I've helped people in all, and you know, all over, not just here in Arkansas, but in different States. And it's been really fun. That's great. Yeah. Are there things at home that you struggle to keep organized, you know, or does your house just look like every after picture that you do there? What is, what does your life look like there at home? <laughs> no, my home does not look like the after picture always. <laughs> um, obviously order is important to me. It's just kind of how I'm wired. Um, but we're just normal here. Like, you know, 
we have a busy week or we go through a tough life situation and things get scattered and pile up and are not perfect. But I think what's different is that because there's a system and because everything has a designated space, it's really easy to tidy up. So you might walk into my house and find things piled up on the island, but it's only going to take me a few minutes to get it put back where it goes. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody has that spot where things tend to pile up, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, it's not, it's not pic- picture perfect around here. That's not realistic. <laughs> yeah. We tend to have a spot where mail kind of piles up when you're like, okay, time to go through that and, and get yep. that sorted out. That'll get you. <laughs> <That'll> get- <laughs> um, I know it's the first week of spring and, you know, I think a lot of folks are thinking about not just spring cleaning, but, um, organizing and getting ready to have people back in their home. You know, we're just kind of getting word that once you're fully vaccinated, you can, you know, gather mask free with friends in your house. Um, Emily immediately when CDC released that started texting people, all right, party in the backyard, you're in a party of the house. When are you coming over? So um, what are some tips that you have for, you know, spring cleaning decluttering that you might share with us today? Yeah, I, I think people often get overwhelmed by the big picture. So I guess tip number one would be, don't get overwhelmed by the big picture. (laughs) You have to think about, you know, your entire home. You have to think about the whole space, but really if you kind of compartmentalize and work room by room, I've found people have more success that way. So I always suggest uh, making a list, whether it's on pen and paper or in your phone, um, but just go through your house room by room, making a list of things you want to accomplish. And it can be as simple as like throw away the trash, or it can be repaint the walls, you know, just room by room, make a to-do list. Um, The hard part for some people here is actually just making the list and not getting distracted and being like, oh, I can do this really quick, you know? (laughs) So making a list and then just picking a room that you spend the most time in that would be the most effective to you and tackle it. Get Start working on that to-do list, get those things done. Um, I've noticed that progress in one space often leads to motivation to tackle other spaces. So that's why I suggest picking a room that you spend the most time in. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, You know, I know you've been featured on, you know, on the vine on THV and on TV. um, And I I just wondered what the balance is. Like I want to give tips away and help people. And I also am trying to grow a business, (laughs) you know, like um, what does that look like? What is it? How do you balance the, I want to help everyone. And I also have to make a living out of this job as well. I think that's been the hardest part for me because I just want to help. (laughs) Um, But I, you know, there are some things that, I mean, I guess you could say I don't give away all my secrets, but, but I do, if someone asks or wants to feature, you know, like this or like the vine, if I can share tips that would help get people started. um, I'm happy to do that because a lot of it you can find if you just Google, I'm sure someone else has had a similar idea. Um, So I love that part of my business, being able to help people see easy ways to break down and, and tackle a decluttering or organizing project. Um, And then my time on like different media outlets, I've really been grateful for those opportunities because it's introduced me to new people. Um, And I think, I think it's time to call in a pro when you're serious about making a change, when you're ready to, to tackle it and, and you need a little help. Some people don't need my help just to be honest. They just need like motivation to get started. And that's when virtual sessions come in because I give step-by-step instructions of what I would do if I were in your home. Um, and you didn't ask this, but I think it's it's a good indicator that it's past time to ask for help 
when you walk into a room and, and the clutter doesn't phase you anymore. You don't even see it there anymore. That's, that's, it's past time to call for help. <laughs> I love that. What do you find, you know, as you're working with people, is it kind of a mix? Do people want you to do it all or they want you to guide them to do it? You know, how has that looked in your, in your, in the clients you've worked with? Do people want, you know, help or do they want you to just do it and they come back and see how be- beautiful it is? Yes, both. I've had both. There are some clients who, you know, they, and it depends on their budget too, you know, and their, and their time and kind of their season of life. I've had some clients who are like, I don't want to do anything. I'm not even going to check to see if anything's expired. You do it all from top to bottom. Don't care what it looks like, just fix it. Um, And then I've got people who want to be right there by my side. They, and it also depends on what we're decluttering. If we're decluttering family heirlooms, that's different than your spice rack. So I, you know, I'm not going to throw away things that (laughs) might have meaning, but I will throw away paprika from 2007. So, you know, it's just, it depends on the client. Some people want to be really involved and some people are just done. They've reached their breaking point and they just want someone else to fix it. What do you find most people are struggling with the most? Is it pantries that you're seeing, you know, the most calls and questions about, or what do you, what do you kind of see as trends there of people struggling? Yeah, I think kitchen, pantry, like main living areas, I get calls and messages all the time about paper. Um, They just feel like they're drowning in paper. They have one filing cabinet that got filled up, so they added another one and they added another one. (laughs) And so um, those people are actually a few steps ahead of the people who don't have a filing cabinet, but still have as many papers. (laughs) So yeah, I really think it's it's been a, a varying response. So some people want help in their home office and and I've even helped a, a few businesses too in a workroom or you know storage closets things like that. So it's just it just is different. Some people are really good at keeping the things in their kitchen organized and some people aren't. So, you know, laundry rooms, garages, playrooms, that's a big one, playroom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but that's funny you talked about spice racks. I mean, we've we've moved a couple times and we'll get to the next house and be like When's the last time we were near a Publix grocery store? That was in Nashville. Why do we still have spices from, you know, two moves ago? It's just like they just somehow make it. <laughs> right. And, and you know, some people don't care much about expiration dates. So I just do whatever the client is, you know, whatever they prefer. But one girl I went to high school with, we graduated in 2005 and I did her pantry and there was a spice that expired in 2005. That means it was probably purchased in 2002. <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you even have this? I didn't have spices my senior year of high school. So I don't know. It's just, you never know what gets yeah. tucked away back there and what needs to come out and make space for more valuable things. <laughs> yeah. I feel, I feel like the spice are the ones that shocked us the most. Sometimes in a fridge, you know, you'll be like, how do I have pickles from three years ago in here? But the spices, I mean, I don't, they travel somehow. <laughs> um, I know you do, you know, home organization, that sort of thing, but I noticed that you provide other solutions like event planning. What kind of other solutions do you offer beside the traditional, you know, home or office organization? Yeah. So it's, my business has three components, space organizing, event coordinating, and productivity consulting. So with event coordinating, I offer, you know, services and 
wedding coordinating, um, fundraisers, conferences, retreats, parties, all that kind of stuff. I love that. I would say weddings are probably take up the most of my time in that branch of the business, which I really enjoy that. Um, But I've done fundraisers for nonprofits and really enjoyed that as well. Uh, And then the third segment, productivity consulting, it's it's a little bit harder to promote on social media uh, because there are very rarely before and after pictures. Um, but I've, I've helped families figure out routines after adopting children. Um, there's actually a current Washita student that I worked with that I kind of helped her come up with a better way to manage her time to balance school and social life. Um, and she's actually implementing it. I think it's working well for her. Nice. Um, and then, you know, just individuals who want someone, an outside source to look at their weekly routine and see how they can make a better use of their time. So, yeah, I enjoy all three aspects of the business. Yeah, you know, I am an ordained minister and Emily and I have been to some weddings and I've, you know, officiated some. And I think the biggest struggle, uh, I don't think people think they need a wedding planner sometimes and they really do. I mean, to have somebody removed from the situation that can, you know, make sense of all of that is really helpful. We we did a wedding in Nashville and it was this beautiful setting. We got to the rehearsal dinner and they said, all right, it's all yours to me. And I said, Oh, I only know the part about like, do you do you do? And let's get married. I don't know the other part. And they're like, well, just tell us like who goes down the aisle first. And I really had no idea. So Emily jumped in and she was like, okay, you do this. But I mean, I think you can just, you know, if you're not, obviously, if you're getting married for the first time, you haven't had a lot of experience getting married. So you really do need that help. You know, I think for sure. Right. Right. And I, I love that because there's a lot of stress that surrounds weddings and, you know, everybody's anxieties are running a little high, but I love that I can take that stress away. Like I don't want the bride or the mother of the bride or groom to have to worry about those little details. Like I want to feel that for them so they can enjoy their day. And I really, I feel like I thrive in those situations. So I enjoy that kind of stuff. <laughs> I love that. Now, were you um, an organized, you know, planning kind of child? I mean, is this something that kind of was like born in you and in your, you know, elementary, middle school, high school years, you had the planner within an inch of its life kind of thing mapped out or has this kind of evolved over time? Yeah. I mean, I think it may have gotten worse over time, honestly, (laughs) like by worse, I mean more in depth. Yes. I have, I feel like I've always been like this. I didn't have to you know, my parents didn't have to force me to clean my room. I always wanted things to be where they belonged. And then by the time I got in high school, I was the student turning in the color-coded notebooks when it came time for a binder check. I think I've always been that person and not many people get me, but I have, (laughs) my brain has always worked like this. (laughs) Now, are you an Enneagram person? You know, what do you know about Enneagram things? What's your number? Yes, I have, you know, taken the assessment and done a little bit of diving into that. And I um, am an Enneagram one, which surprises no one, if you know me. (laughs) Yes. Is that uh, perfectionist, everything? Yeah, they value order and yeah, yes. (laughs) We've gotten really into, you know, studying that and it's, you know, I'm a seven, always planning the next party and event and excited about mm-hmm. things. And Emily says, I'm the most seven that's ever been, you know, <laughs> but the number one thing about sevens is that they don't really want to like study everyone else's number. They just want to like learn more about how great they are and how fun <laughs> they are. And I found that to be true too, but that's a lot of fun. But yeah, I've got some, some good one friends who, you know, like everything just so, and that's super helpful, you know? Yeah. I 
think good, good to be friends with those people. I think so too. We all have our strengths, don't we? <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, how can those listening today find you and connect with your uh, with your business here? Well, I have a Facebook and Instagram account, Shepherd Organizing Solutions. And then my website is shepherdorganizing.com. Those are the two probably main avenues to find me. Okay, great. Hope some alums out there listening today will uh, take advantage. And even if they're far off, you know, listening to the podcast today, they can uh, book a virtual session with you. That'd be fun too. Yes, I would love that. Very good. Well, um, switching gears, I'd love to hear more about your Wausau story. I mean, you're, you know, part of the alumni board, so we know each other that way. I know you were involved in OSF. We've talked a lot about that. Um, but how did you hear about Wausau? What led you to choose Wausau for college? Goodness. Um, several families in the church I grew up in were connected to Washita. Either they had been or their kids had been or, you know, they just had a Washita story. So I feel like I was hearing stories about it from an early age. And then by the time I was in high school, our student ministry went to super summer a few times. And so I was just familiar with it. Um, And then when it came time to start thinking about a college, making a decision was really the school I had heard the most about. So I thought, "Mm, I'll just go check it out and see, see what it's like. And um, when I finished the tour, I immediately felt at home. I, I was really confident that it was where I was supposed to be. In fact, it was the only school I applied to. So I knew Washita was for me and I'm thankful that God provided a way for me to be there. I love that. Where'd you grow up? What? I don't know much of your story about uh, growing up. Where were you? Yeah, I grew up in Bryant, Arkansas, just, you know, around just outside of Little Rock. Um, and I, I never really imagined that I would always stay here, but here I am. That's where my husband, Chris, and I currently live in Bryant. So, yep, it's it's nice to be deeply rooted in a community for your whole life. I have all kinds of connections here, so it's really great. Fun. Did Chris grow up around there as well? Is he local or? Yeah, Chris grew up in Bismarck, so just outside of Arkadelphia. So, yeah, um, but we met at church. We He actually went to Washita also. We didn't meet on campus. He tells this story differently. He tells everyone that he knew who I was, but I had no clue who he was. But anyways, um, we met at church a few years after college. So, yeah. Fun. I didn't know that he was a, a Washingtonian as well. That's awesome. Yes. Um, how did you feel like Washtop prepared you for life and career? I mean, through your ministry path and through your business now, how do you feel like Washtop prepared you? And it's really, this is a, this is a big question. (laughs) I feel like it's impossible to list all of the ways, but I'm really grateful for the relationships that I built at Washtop. Um, I think probably everyone says that, that you ask that question to I'm also thankful for the opportunities I had to lead. Um, And I led in a few different groups on campus. And I I really believe the experience I had in planning and executing events at Washita is part of what gives me the confidence to do what I do today. And, and you know, not only having that experience, but the affirmation that I received from faculty and staff while I was there was huge. Like they believed in me, they saw my strengths and they helped foster them so that I could lead in so many opportunities that I I never would have imagined having the opportunity to do. So I'm really grateful for that. What were some of the organizations you led in? I know that you were involved in OSF, but what are some of the other opportunities you had to explore leadership here? Yes, I was on the WOW steering committee, so I enjoyed that. I don't know what you guys call it now, but we loved that. 
Um, And then I had different opportunities to lead in campus ministries. So just a few things scattered here and there, primarily through Washita Student Foundation, though. Uh, what what did you do through OSF? Were you on a certain committee or leadership? That was right before I think that I came back to Washita. So tell me about your Washita Student Foundation experience. Yes, I was the uh, chair for special events. So I directed Tiger Tunes and Tiger Tracks uh, my junior and senior year. And I, I loved it so, so much. It was really, OSF was important to me then and it's important to me now. Um, I just loved it. You know, like you can't beat the motto, students helping students. That's really powerful. And it was humbling to be a part of then. And every time I see something that OSF does now, the differences that that organization is still making today, it just just makes me happy. It makes my heart happy. <laughs> yeah, you know, I had that same role, the, the tunes director. And I mean, I, I think I learned so much about, you know, or, organization and leadership and leading in difficult circumstances, having tough conversations. I mean, so many things I learned between that and campus activities board. I think I learned, you know, so many things about event planning, but yeah, yes. it's a good, good place to learn things for sure. It really is it, having hard conversations with your peers. That, that was tough, Yeah, <laughs> but, but you got to learn. They just kind of throw you in the fire and see how you do, but <laughs> it worked out well. That's true. We just had the interview process for all of our leadership for next year. And that's probably the biggest question is, you know, like, what example do you have of a, of a tough conversation with a peer that you've had to have? Cause it's, I don't, I mean, nothing can really prepare you for a heated moment in the hallway backstage before tunes or, you know, during a show. Uh, I think it brings out the best and worst sometimes. Absolutely. Sure. I had my fair share of those. Um, but I think everything turned out okay. <laughs> Just <laughs> difficult so. in the moment. Yeah. You left it in good hands. It's, a, it's still, still going strong. Good. It's been, interesting with the, you know, pandemic, not being able to have tunes. And I cannot believe that we're, I mean, we're just right on the edge of meeting this fundraising goal without tunes, which I can't believe, but I think tunes rewind was such a success and our alums have pitched in and I know that you've pitched in some to help out. And so we really appreciate your continued support there. I feel like our students need it now more than ever, you know, in this, this strange time. You know, we, we have, you know, involvement requirements and try to get them to do certain things. And then this year, I mean, we haven't been able to have them give many tours because of COVID restrictions. So it's been kind of a strange year, but uh, it's fun to keep the OSF traditions alive over here. Good. I'm glad to hear it's still going strong. (laughs) Yeah. And we talked a little bit earlier about, um, you know, plans for the fall and that, you know, we're hopefully planning for this. um, As Dr. Cluck told me, plan for an essentially normal tunes. So I told all the clubs to act essentially normal, (laughs) try to be normal. Uh, but yeah, you know, just thinking about the excitement of everyone coming home, I think this could be one of our most exciting homecomings because if everybody is, you know, able to come back and return, I think it'll be a really special year, you know, for everybody to come back. Definitely. I, it will be special, just like this past year was special, just in a different way, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's been very special and very strange, but uh, but good. Um, we have a segment on our podcast. We talk about fast fave fives, just five things about your time at Washita. And I mean, it doesn't have to be super fast. You can tell, tell stories. Just want to hear a little bit about your time at Washita. But um, during your time here, did you have a favorite professor or a couple professors that you really enjoyed? Yes, I, man, I really loved Kay Calvert. She was a professor 
professor in the education department, which my degree is early childhood education. Okay. And I kind of used it unconventionally a little while in children's ministry, but I guess I'm currently not using it. <laughs> um, but anyways, but Kay Calvert, she was my biggest cheerleader. Uh, she's just an all around incredible person. I really, really valued all the time I had with her. And then I thought Amy Sondheim was hilarious. I only had her for one class. I just thought she, I, I thought she was funny. She would tell a joke. No one else in the class would laugh, but I would. So <laughs> I remember her. She sticks out in my mind. And then Dr. Franklin, um, he was my Bible survey and Bible interpret professor my freshman year of college. And my freshman year, um, just a few weeks after being on campus, my grandfather passed away Mm -hmm. and he was so compassionate and considerate. Um, Just as I was walking through a really tough time, um, he went out of his way to make sure I was doing okay. Um, And so that meant a lot to me that semester. But then I will never forget this. At graduation, he happened to be walking by us after graduation was over and he met my parents, shook my dad's hand and mentioned how, you know, he had been praying for our family four years ago. And I just thought that is so special and unique. He didn't have to do that, but he did. And he remembered, and I genuinely believe he meant what he said. And I'll just never forget it. That's sweet. Yeah. I think we can take for granted sometimes the really, really special people working here that honestly care about uh, students and alums. Yeah. So I think that's amazing. You know, mm-hmm. we live a couple blocks from campus and Amy Sondheim lives right around the corner and we see her every day when we're walking our dogs and she's just like beaming light all the time. Just like the happiest <laughs> person. I, I felt that way too, even in class. And I just, I just thought she was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> she is. a um, Favorite courses. I know, I guess you were in education, but um, any classes that stood out to you, things that you really enjoyed? Yeah, I really, this is random, but I really enjoyed my child and adolescent development class. I feel like I learned a lot in that class that was helpful to me to prepare me for student teaching. Um, But then I did, I had no clue that I was going to be serving on staff at a church for 10 years, but that things I learned in that class, I still use today when I teach at a retreat or something like that, you know, just different people's learning styles and it just was really beneficial to me then and now. So I really like that one. That's great. Um, you are a tunes pro, obviously uh, leading tunes a couple of years while you were here. Do you have a favorite tune show or two that stand out to you as just something you really love to see? That is so hard, but I, I'm really partial to 2008 was the year that I was the director. And so it was the 30th anniversary. It was a big deal. I remember the JPAC rehearsal when the Kappas came in and actually showed us the um, headlamp routine in their coal miner show. I lost my mind. It was so awesome. <laughs> I loved it so much. And I just remember being like, you have to do this. You know, this is going to be great. It's going to be a hit. And everything about that show was good. The harmonies. I, so I would say that's that one holds a special place in my mind. And also that year, the betas were lifeguards and they actually got the congeniality award that year because they turned all their stuff in on time. They were the most on the ball. Um, but that show, the lyrics, <laughs> I just, I still think they're hilarious. I get, I still have this, the lyrics stuck in my head today. So I think really the whole 2008 show holds a special place in my heart. <laughs> I mean, it was a good one. It was, that was just a really strong time. A lot of good leaders on campus. And um, we joke a lot when we're talking about like, alumni to feature alumni awards. It's like that time period. I mean, there's just 
really solid, great people. And we're like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I'm picking another 08 person to talk about or whatever. Cause they're just, it was a good crew, but yeah, I, I love that. That show was so good. The, the coal miners was really, really neat. I love working with the directors now, you know, we just found out their themes. I mean, they don't tell anyone their themes, but um, just the process of their creativity of coming up and, you know, saying this is the theme we want to do is a lot of fun. And so we're already looking forward to the next show for sure. It's exciting. Yes. Can't wait. Uh, <laughs> there were a couple of shows that we were really looking forward to for, you know, last year and they've, they've just gone into the vault because they want to, you know, they thought about it so much and they were excited about it, but now it's kind of like past and they want to do something fresh. So uh, I was just telling Emily last night, man, there are some shows I really wanted to see. So maybe they'll come out of the vault eventually, but I hope so. <laughs> Uh, favorite spot on campus? You have a place that you just love on Washtenaw's campus? Yeah, this is going to sound so cheesy, but I really, I think I have to say JPAC because I feel like I basically lived there during tune season. <laughs> and so every time I walk in, I just feel all these emotions, you know, but I mean, every part of Washita, I feel like is beautiful. I, I, I love the campus, but I think the spot that holds the most memories for me would be JPAC. Yeah, you spent a few hours in there for Just rehearsals. A few. For sure. um, any favorite memories of your time here? I mean, I know that's always tough because there's so many, you know, great memories, but are there a couple of moments that stand out to you as like this was my favorite Washtaw moment? Yeah, I really, I really love the spring break mission trips we did when we we did Beach Reach. I went twice and I just feel like you come away with a really special bond with everyone on the team and just develop some really strong relationships that those years. Um, and then I mentioned earlier, the wow steering committee, or as we called ourselves back then, the wower Rangers. Um, <laughs> I love that. I've never heard that. <laughs> we got to come to campus a little early, you know, and that was always so fun and special. Um, and then maybe the funniest memory, I think it was my, it was my senior year. I guess the only way to say it is I got like 18 people stuck in a really small elevator. Um, <laughs> I was planning a surprise party for one of my friends. And I had this idea that I would take my friend up on the student center bridge and then everyone would pop out of the elevator. It'd be great. So, you know, that elevator that's down by the post office, they all crammed in there. <laughs> and then <laughs> Whenever we got up there, I'm like trying to text someone that's in the elevator and they're like, the door won't open. So number one, the surprise was ruined. Number two, the elevator was broken. There was way too many people in there. People were getting claustrophobic. It was a whole thing. We had to go get safety and they got involved. They had to write a report. I ended up having to go see Keldon the next day, which like, I don't ever get in trouble. And so, and he, we had a, you know, I, I knew Keldon from working with different events. So yeah. Luckily, since he knew I wasn't a troublemaker, there wasn't any permanent damage to the elevator. So his advice to me that day as I was walking out, he's like, next time, Paige, just blindfold the person you're trying to surprise. Don't don't stuff people in an elevator. <laughs> so see, I was planning parties back then, too. <laughs> you were and you can always, you know, you can't always plan for the unexpected. <laughs> And Keldon's my boss now. And if I get the call, I'm scared to go up there. So I can understand that as well. I was nervous, even though I kind of had a feeling that it wouldn't be too bad. I was nervous. A friend went with me. It wasn't his fault, but he was stuck in the elevator. He went with me to, I guess, be a witness of someone that was in the elevator. You weren't purposely trying to break it. You were just trying to have a good time and throw a party. But. Right. 
Yeah, that <laughs> elevator still makes me nervous. I sometimes I'll I'll get into it if I have a meeting on the bridge and I think I hope I make it. I hope I'm not stuck here forever. What if I'm late? Because the elevator doesn't work. So yeah, it has kind of a, a storied history, the elevator. I don't think it's, you know, it it's a little sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else you'd like to share with your Washita family today? I'm just, every time I think about Washita, I am just really grateful for, like I mentioned earlier, the relationships, my education, the leadership opportunities. And the spiritual growth that I experienced while I was there, it was just a really special part of my life. Um, meaningful. I can think back and look at how there were hard times and and good times, but I learned a lot and I grew a lot during my time at Washita. And um, I really enjoy keeping up today with the things that Washita is still doing, the ways that the people that make up the Washita community are making a difference. So I just love it. So I just want to say thank you for all the ways that different people invested in me and the friendships that I made. Awesome. Well, we're thankful for you and the difference you're making out there, you know, in the lives of so many, you know, families and people. And um, thanks for the way that you're such a great representative of Washita out there too. Mm-hmm. So um, thanks so much for taking this time in a, in a busy season of uh, spring for you. And uh, we just want to say thanks and wish God's blessings on you, your family and your ministry. Thanks, John. All right. Thanks Paige. Thanks for listening to the Tiger for Life podcast. Be sure to rate and subscribe so you won't miss out on future episodes.